So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. My next guest was raised in South Central L.A. There you go. And earned a sociology degree from Columbia University. That's in New York City, y'all. He was an all-pro who played 10 years in the NFL for four different teams. He currently lives in Los Angeles with his wife and son and a baby on the way. Because I read the book. See, if you read the book, you know about that. Uh, his daughter attends, his daughter, his oldest daughter attends uh, a track scholarship, I believe, at the University of Connecticut. He can find you can find him starring on Fox's TV show "Speak for Yourself," co-hosted by Marcellus Wiley, that's who's on the phone, and Jason Whitlock on Fox Sports. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation for the second time, return appearance, Marcellus Wiley. <laughs> My man, that's love right there. Got <laughs> eulogized. I take it, brother. <laughs> well, well, I'm telling you something, man. Um, first of all, there's you know your sociology degree. My minor was in sociology, which we always got that. Let's 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 talk a little bit about that because I I feel that because you got a degree in sociology, uh, which is a plays a part in your book, that 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 really allowed you to tap into the, what you see in everyday life. And also, how you how you the person you are today? How is important that getting that degree in sociology has been to you for you? Yeah, it's it's been critical because it's it's a degree that gives you a universal understanding of people and the patterns of life and what really shapes us and influences us as as individuals. Um, you really learn uh, something that I think comes back from biblical times where there are more similarities than differences in everyone. So I'm able to find those commonalities and try to bring like minds together, even though we may have different experiences. Right. So the sociology background really points out those elements in our everyday existence, whether it's going to the the grocery store and why are certain items in the front and certain items in the back? And when you open a magazine, why do they have certain articles here and certain articles there? Every single facet of life, someone has studied that behavior to try to have the most impact, the maximum impact. And I'm able to know some of those things. Yeah. And that's really amazing. Now your book, that's why you call me, you know, I know we got love for each other, but you call about this book. We got to sell some books. That's why Marcellus yes, is sir, on the call. Never shut up. The life, opinions, and unexpected adventures of an NFL outlander. My man, why did you write this book? I wrote this book to inspire 
everyone, no matter what adversity they face, no right. matter what age group, uh, what circumstances you come from. Uh, and simple, I'm a guy from Compton who whose mother and father wanted a better life for me. Right. And they scraped together their pennies and took us from Compton to South Central. Mm-hmm. And that may not seem, seem like a huge <laughs> leap to people, but, you know, in our reality, it's crazy. My grandmother started this mindset. She moved from Watts in the 60s to Compton with the same mindset. She wanted a better life for her family. And my my story is just a fork in the road kid who decided to use his talents to plot and plan a way out of the neighborhood to give himself and his family a chance to live a better life in better experiences and circumstances. So I became very responsible for my talents. I didn't waste them. I didn't take them for granted. I try to maximize them and allow them to give me an opportunity to make it, to, to, to realize my dreams. And the reason I wrote the book is just simply I'm a kid who figured this out, made sure he understood his identity, what his role was in the family, and took full advantage of it. And I want to empower everyone in their circumstances, no matter how dire that those circumstances may look, that you can become anything you want. And I know it sounds cliche, but trust me, man, I am a walking, living existence of that same cliche, and I want to inspire others. Well, you do that for me because it it's really funny when I read the book. Or, well, you had me at the opening. You know, Here's the funny thing. They sent me a link to get the book for, for free, right? And so I couldn't figure uh-huh. it out, and I read the opening where you were sitting in your house waiting to be called, and then – then I clicked the little part to read sample, and it just took me to that point. I went, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. And I, I I bought the book. I went on and bought the book because, uh, first, first of all, you're my boy. Secondly, you had me in the beginning. So I had to read this book now. And so so the thing is, oh, the, the, the thing about it that was very similar because I come from the hood. I grew up in Fifth Ward, and just like your parents, they moved me to Northeast, and some might say that wasn't that much of an upgrade, but they, they thought they wanted to give me a better opportunity to succeed. But things that right. the things that I stood out for me was that you said athletes took you, athletics took you out, but you're a very smart guy. Let's not undersell your intellect, your intelligence, your your ability to get grades under in the circumstances. And that's what I think that on our last call that we talked about is that so many times staying in the hood, growing up in the hood, people only see one type of person. And we know there are so many diamonds in the hood that can sometimes be, you know, be be, uh, be, uh, be damaged because of the fact they're not given the proper opportunity to succeed. Sports gave you your opportunity and you got out. And, uh, and then you're on this radio show talking about your life, 10 years in the NFL, you know, beautiful daughter who's attending a track scholarship at the University of Connecticut, a wife, who's a, a nurse anesthesiologist, anesthesiologist, right? Yeah, an anesthetist. That's it's hard for me to say it too, bro. I know, man. <laughs> I was working with him. I was working with him, man. But you, but you know, you don't know that if you read the book, though. See what I'm saying? You don't know that if you read the book, man. You got to read the book. Say it, baby. But, but the, here's the funny part, about In the beginning, in the early parts of the book, because I'm not going to tell everybody the book, but there's certain things that you have to know about this young man and, and his journey. And it was like when I was his sister – 
They used to they used to come walk through school. They get beat up every day. In fact, they got beat up for four straight weeks. Okay, <laughs> and in my when I was growing up in the hood, it was this guy. This guy would pat me down on the corner, like I like mm. he, like I was the like he was the police every mm. day. I I I I would dread walk. I, I I mean, see see, at least Marcellus used to tell his sister to go another way. She wouldn't go another way. We're going to walk down this street. See, I tried to go other way. He found me. He found me every time. So I found that so relatable to, to the, that, that's how the hood is. The hood is, is that either stand up and deal with it or run away and become a victim of it. And that's, and, and you never became a victim of it. And that's what I really appreciate Man. at the beginning of the book. Tell me about that. You said a lot there, brother. Um, <laughs> let me go back to the beginning point. Uh, th- yeah, my talents, when I say talents, I mean two, plural, one and two. Uh, my talents were academics and my talents were athletics. Um, I was a very good football player, damn good, super fast as a kid, mm-hmm. and I was super smart. Um, smart because I, I learned. not so much I was born a genius, but I was a kid in the front of the class, raising his hand, asking why. I was a, a curious kid. So I coupled my two talents, which was my academics and athletics, and I decided to play the game of life in a short and in a long game. My short game was going to play football. That was going to be my means to an end. Uh, a lot of people in the hood look at sports and entertainment as the end game, and I'm like, no, it's a means to an end. Um, so – I use football to get us immediately out of the hood, mm-hmm. to give me scholarship opportunities, to give me the millions of dollars initially to help my family and start generational wealth. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was, that was football. But the long game was Columbia. Mm-hmm. The long game was my Ivy League education. The long game was opening up doors, having people respect my intelligence mm-hmm. to presume my intelligence before they even meet me based off a degree, based off of schooling. And that's the game I'm playing now to the tune of I played football in the NFL for 10 years, and now I'm in my 12th year of broadcasting. So for all the kids in the hood and everywhere out there thinking that sports is the end all of everything, it's not. It's a beginning, a head start whatever else you want to do beyond Hold that. Hold that thought, Marcellus. We're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to come right back because I want to talk about that dude, D-A-T, dude. <laughs> He's on the phone, and I'm um, happy to have him on the show. It's the second time I've had him on the show. A fan from, uh, um, you know, you look at people, you meet them from afar, and you become fans, and this show has allowed me to actually speak to people that I've, uh, I've admired. And because I admire him for his athletic talents, which I didn't possess, but I equally admired him for his academic uh, talents, which I like to believe I do possess. <laughs> so we've been able to share that stage. But he, he's on my show. Uh, if you, he for many years was on. You could see him on ESPN. Uh, I used to laugh at him. He has a sense of humor, and I watched his career grow on ESPN. And right now, you can find him on uh, Fox Sports TV, a show called Speak for Yourself. It's co-hosted by him. It's Marcellus Wiley and the and the uh, I want to say Jason Whitlock, who a lot of people love him and a lot of people hate him, but he's a guy with an opinion on Fox Sports. Uh, please welcome back to Money Making Conversation, the author of the show that's hot off the book that's hot off the presses, just got released October twenty third. Uh, Never Shut Up by Marcellus Wiley. <laughs> Marcellus, 
Yes, sir. Now you was in college. What was what, 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 Columbia University? You were about six four, what two sixty, and you. Oh uh, well, I, I got there. I was six feet one eighty. That was that was going that. That was going to college. Now, but you were typing eighty two words a minute. Yeah, man, I was a national <laughs> champion in typing. A national See, typewriting every, champion. Everybody in the boot went, huh? Huh? So you got to read the book. I'm telling you, you read the book, man. You read the book. See, See the interesting thing the, the interesting thing about that was that, you know, the, the, here's the funny thing about Marcellus. Is that, see, Marcellus, you, mm-hmm. the person you hear on the radio is the real deal, okay? he he He's able to walk that line of being who he is, but also let you understand when you when he's articulate enough to let you know that he is not who you think he is. Would you hear me clear on that? Okay, and that's very important because you know this is a very intelligent guy. He has the degree that matches that, and then just, so don't let that hood flavor. But he doesn't lose that hood flavor. So when he got to Columbia, you know, they was out there. He was playing. He was doing his thing. NWA. He was doing his thing. He was a he was a, he, he was a wannabe DJ in the dorms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of all of, well, they wasn't feeling him. They wasn't feeling him in the dorms. Nah. They complained. Nah. They complained. And so. Brother, you know, they see that stereotype coming, man. It's crazy <laughs> because from Columbia's perspective, the stereotypical Columbia student <laughs> was stereotyping me from Compton. And then everybody from Compton was stereotyping me for going to Columbia. And it was just like, <laughs> I'm caught up in the crosshairs. This like warfare of stereotypes. And I'm like, look, man, first of all, my, my people, black people, whatever you want to say, <laughs> hey, th- stop trying to lock us into only one 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 facet of being black, only right. one level right. of blackness. Right. Like our expressions are are in multitude. Like mm-hmm. we can be anything and express and still be a black person. Like I hated that. Like if you you were too articulate at a time that was not black enough. Right. <laughs> there was a time where you were too intelligent. Oh man, you trying to sound like the white people. And I'm like, hey man, y'all y'all need to calm that down. And yes. then when I get to Columbia, they looking at me like, um, that t shirt you wearing and those baggy khakis and and them Cortezes and that look like that's a little too urban hood gangster for us. And I'm like, look. Y'all need to calm that down because I'm in the same class with you. Mm-hmm. I got better grades than you, and I'm killing it on the football field. Y'all need to relax on how y'all judging cats. So I was able to, like, kind of pull them both, both sides and make them understand, stop trying to judge this book, man. Read it. <laughs> but this, but the skill level, uh, his typing, though, that, that, was, that was the game changer for him, though. That was the game changer with the typing, yeah. though, because that allowed them to – Use you. They want to say use you in a positive manner because you know it's the, the thing about respect is I always tell people is that you get paid on what people value, or you get treated on what yeah. people value. And when you when you show them that you had a skill that they actually needed, then your value and the and their approach to you totally change. Talk to the talk to the listeners of how that of what I'm talking about as far as you from a personal experience. And this is a this is a statement from the book Never Shut Up by Marcellus Wiley. <laughs> Yeah, man. So being a national champion in typing, I had a skill that was invaluable. I mean, it, it was something that I never thought would materialize to really have that hey, much Marcella, impact Marcella, on Marcella. my life. They laughing so hard in this booth, man. They, they just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
ain't messing with them. Tell them I got paid off of that skill, too. I was winning up in that dorm room. But long story short, man, you know, you see me coming. I'm big, black. I'm playing in WA. I'm from Compton, L.A. But no one saw that I could type like that. And these kids over there looking at their, their keyboards, typing one word a minute, taking forever to write their papers. They found out that I was a national champion in typing. All of a sudden, they're giving me $5 to type their papers, $10 to type their papers. Next thing you know, I'm in there basically writing papers for everyone else based off their notes just because I could type so fast. And it really bridged the gap between those kids who would have never, ever felt comfortable coming up to a guy like me based on stereotype, based on perception. And it just closed that gap, man. And it was, it did wonders in terms of my mindset and understanding that once again, we have more in common than we do in difference. You know, the interesting thing about this book is he talks about, uh, the role that his parents played, you know, his, his, his mom, uh, and his dad, steady Eddie, as he calls him in the book. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and how that reflected on what you try to be as a man, you know, in the various relationships, you know, the imagery you try to try to put out there that you discuss in the book. And, and until you finally found yourself and in the end, you could only trust yourself and be the man that you believe that you are. Can you talk to my fans about uh, what I'm trying to say from a standpoint from the book, from a realistic standpoint of, you know, the life that you were squeezed into and from the from the hood, then going to Columbia, being being this high draft pick, and 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 you're able to take your your parents out of the hood and to Ladera Heights, which I know because I lived in L.A. in 15 years, so I know exactly where you took them. Talk about that mm. change game, man. Uh, first, I, I owe everything to my parents for just them being there. Uh, being a a nuclear family, my mother and father in the home, uh, as we know how the family motto is being undermined and eroded, especially in the black community, to a point where uh, it's more likely you grow up in a single-family home than you do in a nuclear two-parent family home. So I was at a huge advantage uh, compared to my peers. Uh, Beyond that, I learned so many lessons from my parents just because of that stability, that security it gives you as a kid. Uh, I I, I notice it now with my own family Mm -hmm. uh, just because my kids just have a different level of confidence because their their foundation hasn't been shaken to the point where divorce or single-parent home obviously stresses the family. So Mm -hmm. my dad was all principle. I mean, no emotion. I mean, all principle. My dad is right or wrong. He don't care if it's you. He don't care if it's his mama, his daddy. If you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And that did wonders in terms of helping me navigate my moral compass. Uh, My mother, all emotion, all energy, charisma. Uh, She could win a room over in five seconds. And I learned from her kind of like a combo effect my dad was the coloring book when you buy it no crayons just outline just like oh there's a lot of good pages in here my mom was the crayola crayons 64 box uh, (laughs) with the sharpener the sharpener in the front like my mom had every single layer of emotion of energy uh, of pizzazz and 
that combo between my dad being the outline, my mom coloring it in, mm-hmm. is what I materialized into, man. So I had a great balance in that growing up. Well, I want to mention that uh, first of all, um, the journey and the and the and the articulation and the characterization he has for both his parents in the book is rather amazing. Now, the the book title "Never Shut Up." I have to assume that that title came from you not you not shutting up with the Dallas Cowboys. Is, is that where that title came from, or was it just your whole lifestyle? Because you didn't shut up when your teammate told you to shut up. Yeah, that was one instance. It certainly has shown this ugly head and at times this beautiful head in my life. But um, the core of Never Shut Up is for everyone. Yes, sir. Um, this world tried to tell me, the world tried to tell me at a young age who I had to be who I could be and who I couldn't be, Uh, the stereotypes, the statistics, everything was telling me what I was going to be. But my essence was saying something different. My responsibility to my family and to myself was saying something different. So never shut up comes from the fact that you tell the world who you want to be. Don't Mm. let the world tell you. Mm. Don't let the world dictate circumstances Mm. to you, dictate terms, and they will. The world will tell you you're going to be a gangbanger, bro. The world will tell you all you are is a football player. The world will tell you all you're going to be is just this rapper. Or, oh, you know what? The world's going to tell you your daddy wasn't here for you. You're not going to be anything in this Mm. world. Like, this world will tell you so much. Never shut up telling the world what you're going to be, and don't stop till you go get it. It's just that simple. Marcellus, thank you for calling the show, man. Give me those autograph books, man, so I can uh, blow you up some more. And you know I support you in everything that you do, man. And and congratulations on your family. Congratulations on your daughter at the UConn. And uh, keep winning. Keep winning, Marcellus. You need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So go to buyraycon.com iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com/iheart.